Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Our foundation scripture is Revelations 19, 7 through 8. We read this last week. It says, let us be glad and rejoice. Who is thankful for the joy of the Lord? Amen. If you are depressed often, I recommend going to church like this church. Not all churches necessarily (laughs) would break way to that, but go to church as much as possible. Get saturated with the joy of the Lord. First time I ever saw someone laugh in the presence of the Lord, there was nothing funny. And I knew there was nothing funny, but it still looked like it was fun. And I said, that looks like it's fun. So I walked over to him and I just tried to join in. And so have you ever tried to join into a conversation before? You know, where you just awkwardly walk up and you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That's literally what I did. It was uncomfortable. Like, I didn't even know these people. And I walk up <laughs> before I knew what happened. I was genuinely laughing with total strangers hugging each other fall on the ground the lord's like you're going to bible college i'm like i am like it was awesome when's the last time you had to uber home from church that's what i want to ask you when's the last time you got with your friends and said who's the designated driver from church tonight the joy of the lord is good so it says let us be glad and rejoice amen And then it says, let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. Is the Bible reading there for the fine? (laughs) When the crowd thinks the you version is better. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's people. We talked about purity. And it's important to realize sometimes worldly people realize more of what the church is supposed to be like than those that have been in church for too long. Because they get placid or they get hard-hearted to the things of God. And they think they can do what the world does and still experience the glory and the presence of the Lord. God's a holy God. It's the first thing you got to recognize. God is holy. When they're singing out to the Lord, they're not saying he is love, he is love, he is love. They're saying holy, holy, holy. He is a holy God, which means wickedness has no place around him, which means you had no access to God until the shed blood of Jesus, which gave you freedom to approach God. It is only through that humility to bow and say, God, I give you my life and only by the blood of Jesus can I approach the Father and live a life that is pure. God has called you to purity. That's why God transforms lives. Amen. How many people in here, what, who you used to be before Christ is not who you are now. How many people in here, you got saved and the Lord had you go and make things right. Come on, look around. God is a pure, he's a, he's a pure God. You can trust the purity of God's heart. If he has someone fall on the ground and laugh, you don't have to sit there and question his motives. You know that they are good motives. If God has someone crying, you don't have to sit there and say, God, why are you making them cry? They don't look happy. You can know that it's a holy moment and you can trust the purity of God's heart. How many people are grateful for that? It's awesome. And um, it's important to have a pure walk with God. It's important to let God get in deep. Don't let unforgiveness in. Unforgiveness turns to bitterness. Bitterness, the Bible says, is the gateway to all forms of sin. When a heart gets bitter, they start sinning and they feel justified to sin because they're angry and they're hurt. If you're carrying bitterness, someone close to you hurts you. You've been through real genuine abuse. You've had all sorts of wicked things said to you or done to you. And the enemy wants to keep you in that place. God is the only one that can take you from that place, wash you, make you brand new, take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh to where what once was controlling to you now has no access to you because you have been made new. Amen. That's how God can take someone that had lived a very harsh life and been through everything and give them a purity on the inside to love unreservedly and trust those around them. Amen. So 
You are going to encounter impure people in this world, just so you know. When we started under the tent, I was telling people, people come to church and think everybody's great. There's people that come to church with impure motives. There's people that come to church that'll steal your wallet. There's people that come, I mean, it's just the truth. And I'm not saying that to make you nervous. I'm saying that so that you realize your purity cannot be only active in your life if you do not encounter those around you that are impure. The Bible in the Old Testament says they, there was a Levitical law to keep yourself pure, not to mingle with certain things. But now in this world, it's all around us. There's greed. There's lust. There's perversion everywhere you're at. So you have to make it a priority. I will be pure, and I won't let the impurity around this world that they try and splash on me stay on me. Are you with me? I'm going to be washed. I was washed two years ago. I was washed a year ago. I'll be washed today. I'm going to continually be transformed and renewed by the washing of the water of the word so that I remain the pure bride without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. Am I speaking to anybody here right now? Say, what does that mean? That that means that when you encounter God, live for God. Keep coming. Don't just let one touch from God in 1987 be what you ride on until he returns. But today I want to speak about something that has been strong on my heart for two years. It's something that I asked the Lord to help me with because I don't know that I do it well. And that is honor. I want to be a person of honor. I want to honor men of God. I want to honor women of God. I want to honor believers. I want to honor people that work alongside of me. I want to be a person that honors. To honor someone means to hold them in high esteem. Or to fulfill your obligations to them is what the dictionary defines it as. So let me ask you, do you hold God in very high esteem? Is he the first and most important thing to you? Or do you let some religious person pick on you for your passion for God and then allow yourself to be cooled off because you would rather honor a religious person over the presence of the Lord? You're going to take heed if you're a person of honor. Because every time you honor, someone will not enjoy the fact that you're honoring the things of God or you're honoring another person because they get greedy, they get selfish, they get jealous. And that's not what we're supposed to walk in. We walk in a pure heart and we honor the things of God. Today I want to speak to you about honor. Are we honoring God? Are we honoring His people? The Bible says if you get a prophet a glass of water that you gain the same reward as the prophet. What is God saying there? He's saying, if you find someone that I'm using and you make it a priority to help them out, not become their servant, not bow before them, but help them in what God has called them to do, the same blessing upon their life gets upon you. That's why when you find a church alive, you find members that are encountering great things all throughout the week because it's like it's, synergy. It's like we all get blessed and we just keep getting blessed because we honor one another and we honor the things of God. It just spreads like wildfire. Amen. So like when's the last time you made it a priority that you're going to honor the things of God and what he's doing? Take worship. We could have shut worship down at 30 minutes after three songs so that we got you out of here at 12 o'clock because that's honoring your schedule or We can honor the presence of the Lord. And when he shows up, say, forget about the time. I don't care about the clock. I don't care what day it is. I don't care if someone's upset that we're going loud. I don't even care that it is a little loud. I'm going to just worship the Lord and pray for healing. No. Wasn't actually bad at all today. But So do you feel your life adequately shows a high regard or esteem to God? Or do you feel that you are fulfilling your obligations to God? Amen. One of the presidents of the United States, Calvin Coolidge, said, No person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has always been the reward for what he gave. Honoring speaks to someone at their best, so that they have to reach up high to keep hitting that level. Dishonors when you speak of someone at their lowest. And kick them when they're down. And because they made a mistake before, you always hold them at the place that they made a mistake. That is not how the body of Christ is supposed to walk. It's where gossip comes from. 
It's all about what has someone else done so I can feel justified to do what I'm doing. Forget that. Your example is not the people sitting next to you. Your example is Christ Jesus. You're trying to discover something juicy about someone so that you can do what you want to do. You've got an impure motive and you're not honoring the person or God. Are you with me right now? So I think we should be people of honor. Honoring is knowing that it's not me that matters, but him that matters. John the Baptist said these famous words, I must decrease and he must increase. We was a popular ministry. He had a great ministry. Everybody was coming to hear John preach, but John knew that man, I'm not even worthy to unloose his sandals. He's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. He's the one that we're waiting for. His name is Jesus. And last week I spoke about Paul that said, when he went to the Corinthians, he said, I purpose not to be fancy in speech, rather stutter and stumble over words so that I would appear a fool so that you would look past me to the one that sent me and his name is Jesus. Because if you're looking at a man and a man falls, then you fall with that man. But if you're looking at the one that can never fall, then you will never fall. Is your life honoring God? Are you fulfilling the obligations to the Lord? Many people come to the Lord in low moments of their life. God, if you get me out of this situation, I will serve you all the days of my life and I'll never back up. And then the Lord gets them out and then they drift away a year later, two years later, 15 years after running around the mountain, they find themselves back at a low point. God, if you get me out of this, I'll give you everything I'm at and I'll serve you all my days in my life. You're not meant to be a yo-yo believer. You're meant to be a person that means what you say, that recognizes that if I made a promise to God, every promise he's ever made to me, he fulfilled. So I will fulfill my word to the Lord. I will serve him all the days of my life. If I get love for it or I get hated for it, I will honor the Lord. Are you with me right now? You've got to honor God. Are you a person of honor? If you find someone who is truly being honored, you will find someone that is constantly breaking into new heights because you're speaking at them at a greater place. What do we say when we find someone that loves us unconditionally? Say, it made me a better person. You complete me. Why? Because when someone loves you at that level, you want to be worthy of that level. And so you step up to the challenge when you honor your brothers and sisters in this church and speak into them the things of God and call out their callings and call out their talents and call out everything that God has and speak over their destinies. What you're doing is making them reach up to say, I want to be at that level. If they can see it, then I'm going to live it. Come on. Be a church of honor. Do we honor the things of God or do we honor timelines? Do we honor comfort? Do we honor the flesh? Over the spirit. Because the flesh says, I'm hungry at noon. The flesh says, I don't understand this. The flesh says that. The flesh is self-conscious and worried about what someone else thinks about it. But those that honor God get to where they have no fear for man. Not because they don't respect man, but because they honor God above the opinions of men. We're called to be a place of honor. Amen. Are we honoring the Lord? Psalm 138 says, I will give thanks, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will sing praises before the Lord. I will bow before your holy temple as I worship. I will praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor, say honor, honor. of your name. In the King James, it says, he exalts his word Above his name, which means God speaks and never lies because God is an honorable God. If you've ever had a moment and the Lord spoke something over you and you've not yet seen it, don't worry and don't fret. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, this shall come to pass. But it seems impossible. But he's the God that does the impossible. All things are possible to those who merely believe. Do you believe that God's word is truth? Do you believe that God is honorable? Do you believe that if God says it, it will happen? Then say amen. Because things are about to get good for you. 
Because the word says, a promise directly to you, that all things will work together for good. For those that love him and are called according to his purpose. The Bible says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard. Even half of what God has in store for you. Say it's good now, but it's about to get gooder. Could your neighbor say gooder? Amen. You don't honor grammar. Honor the Lord. It's important to grab this because I want you to realize that anything you're willing to do to honor God, he's worthy of that honor. You cannot glorify him enough. You cannot lift him up high enough. You can't give him enough time. You can't give him enough hours. You can't give him enough wealth. When I got saved, some of you heard the testimony in Nashville. I went forward. There was not an altar call and I was crying out to the Lord. And really what was in my heart, I said, God, I'm giving you my life, but I was broken because it wasn't that great of a life. I wanted to be a, a billionaire so that that day I could give God a billion. I really want. I was like, God, I wish I was a wealthy person because then I could give you wealth, but I don't have wealth. I wish I was a person of great talent, but I don't feel that I have great talent. I wish that I was a famous person, someone that was acting that millions followed so I could give you that. So that they could see you and what you've done to me. That's what I wanted to give God. As great as your life is. He is greater than anything this world has. Honor God. Honor him with your words. Honor him with your actions. Honor him with everything that he gives to you. Give praise to God every day. And then point people to him. If the Lord gives you a position of influence. Don't use that influence. To begin to prop up your talents. And prop up your name. And prop up what you are. And hide away God in this corner. Because you know that many people don't want to serve the God that you serve. If God gives you a place of influence, you bring God there with you. And when you're on the platform, you point to Jesus. And let people know, the only reason I'm here is because he's the one that brought me here. His name is Jesus. We got to add this. We got to get back to this. And I tell you, I feel the writing on the wall and the wind of change coming. That in this nation, people are getting bolder about God. They're getting bolder. You're going to see politicians that are not ashamed to say, I pray in tongues. You're going to see believers in all areas rising up as multi-billionaires in business, pointing people to God. Because God will not be mocked. And he has an army on this earth. And there are more. Than just us that have not bowed their knees to the enemy. And God is on the move. So choose to honor God. And if you honor God, God will honor you. And if God honors you, it's over with. When God is honoring a person, a thousand armies with a thousand people could stand at your door to stop you. But there is still more that are with you than there are against you. And it will be well for you. Amen. God is good. Say amen. amen. We get on planes and we get on boats and people say, you know, what if it goes under? And we're like, if we're on the boat, it ain't going under. If we're on the plane, it ain't going down. Both engines could break. Angels would just lift that baby and we'd ride in and the whole world would be saying, how did that plane land? And we'll be like, we know how it landed. Because we're moving on a mission in obedience to God. When you're walking in obedience to God, there's a boldness that comes upon you because you realize if I'm obeying God, God is on my side. And if God is on my side, nothing can take me out. Are you a person of honor? Or do you change your spots based upon who you're around? Chameleon Christians. That'll shout glory hallelujah. And then... Cuss like a sailor. That they'll say they love the Holy Ghost. And then they'll join in the same camp that says, I don't know about the Holy Ghost. They're wish-washy here and there. Why? Because they just don't want to offend people. Let me tell you something. Offense is not your responsibility. Do you know the word offense means to pick up a rock? So you don't pick up a rock for a person. They've got to pick up their own rock. So if a person gets offended, they picked up their own rock. Get over it. Drop the rock and move on. Amen? That's for everybody. If you've been offended before, you know, you sit there and hold the offense thinking that it does something to the person. And then you look at them and they're being blessed. And you're like, it's not right. Why are they being blessed? I, they hurt me. 
God, don't you know how much they hurt me? And then they're prospering. And that's why the Lord says, pray for your enemies. Because God's like, if you pray for them and I bless them, then you're going to be like, I feel a part of that blessing. Rather than holding on to your stupid rock. Your pet rock in the corner. I was abused. Oh, so much. Well, good for you. We've all been abused. There's not a part. We could pass the microphone. And if we wanted to have the most depressing time of our life, we could all. We could share stories that would make us all jump off a bridge. My God, I had hope, but now I have no hope. It's, it's, it, you want to focus on bad, it's everywhere around you, but we don't focus on that. We focus that in the midst of darkness, light still shines. That when you stand on his word, even though it seems hopeless, his word never falls out. It stands strong. You've seen it. If you've seen God do it, say amen. Come on, somebody. Honor. There's a thing of false honor when you talk about chameleons, people that don't really understand honor. The Bible says in Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. I mean, I'm not going to point fingers to anything in this nation or the nations right now. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people that create their own agendas and tell God to submit to their agenda. You be who we want you to be. You move when we tell you to move. We'll give you five minutes to pray for people. And if you don't do it then, then we're just going to shut it down and go on. And please don't make anybody speak in tongues out loud because it's uncomfortable. And then there was this one scripture that said, if you pray in tongues, there should always be an interpretation. You're not a God of confusion. And we don't want to be confusion. People are confused. And they ignore the whole chapter. That's saying, I pray in tongues more than all of you. I would that you all pray in tongues. My God. And you know, honestly, in Hebrews, it goes through the six elementary principles of God. And baptisms is one of them. That's Holy Spirit baptisms. Laying on of hands is one of them. People still get nervous if you lay hands on people. That's an elementary teaching, the Bible says. Which means you're supposed to learn that when you're six years old. People are 55 years old still trying to argue about it. Stop. Go get your coloring book and sit over there. If you don't want to come with us, that's fine. Color us a nice picture. We'll put it on the fridge. But we're going deeper because I'm not staying an elementary believer. If there's a mystery world in the spirit, then I'm going deep, baby. Hallelujah. If you're with me, say amen. False honor. False honors disgusting to the Lord. Because it's where you take the same tongue that he gave you for praise and prophecy. And you let your words mean nothing. You think God's pleased with that. You think God looks at a person that will flap out praises and then flap out curses and say that's okay. It's worse than the person that doesn't honor at all. To be a person that gives false honor. If you say you're going to do something for God, do it. If you say you're going to do something for a believer in this church... Do it. Even if you calculate the cost and realize it was five times greater than you thought, be a person of your word because he's a man of his word. And I want his word activated in my life. So I will be a person of honor. I've opened my big fat mouth many times and then looked at the cost and been like, what was I thinking? But when you're drunk, you say all sorts of things, not on Budweiser, but on the new wine. Amen. I don't have to go to the gas station to get a buzz. I go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says, is that real? It's, or the people say, is that real? The Bible says it's real. He's, yeah. Listen, when God says they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, this doesn't just apply to the things of God. It, all, it, it applies to how we treat one another. We can be a person of false honor. Prop up people. Oh, they're great. They're wonderful. And then turn around and talk about them behind their back. Turn around and treat each other. Or say we're going to boast and do these things and just never do it because we just count the cost and it's too much for us to pay. Don't be that person. Jesus said he gave a parable about a person building a tower and he said count the cost before you start so that once you start, you don't be a mockery because you can't complete what you start. Well, that applies to our words and how we treat one another. Be a person of honor. And if you declare you're going to do something, do that very thing. And as you live a life of honor, you point people towards God. They look at you and realize you're different than this world. Because this world is fake. 
How many people realize that? What's going on in this nation right now? You feel like you're watching a series on Netflix. Is anything real right now? I mean, this is all junk. Thank the Lord I have the foundation of the word. I know what's real. I know what's happening. I know there's a move of God that is, oh man, it is exploding across this nation. And we're a part of that. If you're a part of that, say amen. Come on, somebody. Honor God. Don't be a person of false honor. That applies in all sorts of areas, even what we did in worship, like I said. You catch the wind of the Spirit and you say, what should we do? Sometimes you're not supposed to preach. Sometimes you're supposed to lay on your face. Sometimes you're not supposed to sing a pre-written song. Sometimes you're supposed to make up a new song. Sometimes you're supposed to stir each other. Sometimes you're supposed to pray out in tongues and just sing in tongues of angels. Why? Because you're praying the perfect will of God. You're glorifying heaven. You're offending demons. Anytime you're offending the enemy, that's a good thing. Are you with me? So do we honor people with our words and do we honor them with our actions? Do we honor people because we think they're worthy of honor, but dishonor those that we feel are less honorable? You have levels in your honor. Or do you feel like I will honor men and women of God? I will honor the things of God and I will honor my brothers and sisters. Take King David. The Lord was very pleased with David, the Bible says. The Lord said, he is a man after my heart. He is the apple of my eye and a man after my heart. Everybody here should be like, I want to be like David. Like I want God to be affectionate with me. And so David so honored the anointing that when Saul was trying to kill him, David wouldn't kill him because he says, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I'll not be the one to do this thing. And he had to run for his life and flee for his life. And he had to be always hiding in caves and all of these things after the Lord had already anointed him to be king. David still said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. And when someone came and brought the news that they had killed Saul, even though they didn't, they were a liar. David killed him because he said, you touch the Lord's anointed, a man of great honor. But was it honorable what David did to Bathsheba and her husband? When he gazed from a rooftop and saw her bathing and plotted the murder of her husband because he got her pregnant, would we say that this is great honor? Bro, this is like juicy story in America. Pastor knocked up, naked woman sent husband to be murdered on street outreach. And, and I'm not justifying it. The Lord was not pleased with this. But what the Lord did was he honored David sent in a man to speak truth, to pierce to his heart. And David fell on his knees in true repentance and cried out desperately to God. And God honored his words. Why? Because David had been truthful with the Lord. And when he was caught in his sin, he cried out desperately to God. God is in God of honor. Are you with me? Who is grateful for the fact that God doesn't hold you down every time you screw up? Well, if he did, none of us would go anywhere. Because we feel great today. Tomorrow could be another story. Stumble before we even get out of bed. But God is not that way. God honors you through the shed blood of Jesus. But what are you doing with your life to bring honor and glory to God? Because I have learned that a lot of people that focus and speak about honor actually speak about it in a way that frees them to dishonor people. The people that are Shouting honor, honor will actually dishonor you in the midst of that because they want, it's, they pervert it in their mind because it's about hierarchies. It's about levels. It's about this person is greater than you'll ever be and I'll trash you to attach myself to this person. That's not pleasing to God. God is not sitting there saying, can you maneuver relationships to go up the totem pole? The kingdom of God is reversed to this world. The kingdom of God is the lower you go, the more you're willing to bow, the deeper that you're willing to let God take you, the greater the things God can do with you. He said the greatest is the servant of all. So how do I grow in the things of God? I be a servant to everybody. I love people. I do what I can. I can't give them all of my money because I have to take care of my wife. She would not be cool with that. I did it before and she was not cool with it. No. 
Actually, she was with me on it. But then we were like, we have kids. You know what I'm saying? So there's levels. You honor to the level at which you can honor. And if you're truthful with what you can do, God will continue to increase you. Whether it's finances or realms of influence or authority that you carry in the spirit world. People come into church, they get saved on Saturday, and Monday they're trying to pull down strongholds, break the chains, bind the devil in Jesus' name. They're, they're calling out ministers of the gospel with 40 years in the ministry saying that they're doing it wrong. Shut up. You've been saved three days. You don't know anything. You're a baby. Stop flapping from the mouth. This generation thinks that they have the right to call everybody out on Facebook. You don't know them. Stop calling people out. The Bible gives the example that the only time you call someone out publicly is after you've gone to them privately. Did you go to them privately? No, I did not because I don't know them. Then shut up. Are you with me right now? This will save you a lot of trouble. Stop trying to be a prophet all the time. Stop trying to bring correction all the time. Nobody is perfect. Newsflash. God has been using flawed people from the garden. Amen. Which is freeing because that means God can use you. Amen, somebody. But it's like God can't use you if you think your ministry is criticism. A critical spirit is actually a jealous spirit. And people don't realize that. They get critical. Well, they're not doing this right. If I had been in control, I would have done that. If I was singing, I would have hit that key better. If I was preaching, I wouldn't jump as much. If I set up a tent, it'd be bigger. If I picked chairs, it'd be a better color. If I had... All of the things we get critical about is actually where we yield to a jealous spirit. And if you're critical of something, the Lord told me years ago, whatever you criticize, you'll never walk in. So stop criticizing God's children. Are you with me right now? Are you okay? Are you happy? Do you feel uncomfortable? Does it feel like your chair has a heat warmer attached to it? Are you sweating profusely trying to look chill right now? If so, maybe this message is for you. Reserving honor for someone that never disappoints and never fails means you're never going to actually walk in honor. You with me? you reserve your honor for someone that is perfect, you'll never be a person of honor. Because to give honor means you're going to give honor and speak into them at their highest level, not at their lowest. Is this making sense so far? Do we honor an image of leadership or Christianity, but when that image is not held up, we declare honor, what we declare as honor can be the quickest to dishonor another man and woman of God. I made it a priority years ago in my life to not be a person trying to correct everything that goes on around me. You do what God told you to do. And be true to the convictions that you have by the Spirit of God. And if you're pure before the Lord, that is what matters. Amen? I've had enough people criticize me. And I'm not saying that I, ever, I do everything right. Some things I probably do terribly. But I do them as best as I can. Are you with me so far? Matthew 16, 13 through 19, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, this scripture we've used a lot lately, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, He said, Well, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Honoring God is a bridgeway to walking in authority. If you will honor the word... If you will honor the presence of God, if you will honor men and women of God, if you will honor the children of God that you are with, honoring God becomes the bridgeway upon which you walk into the supernatural authority that you have been called to carry. God never called the church to be a country club with no power. He called the church to be the devil's worst nightmare. Come on. We're never meant to be cowering. We're never meant to be afraid. We're not meant to be sitting there discussing what we think the devil's up to and how are we going to make our way through this? And I just don't know. He's really got a good plan going and it's just looking really dark and really glim. Who cares? Come on, come on. Come on my door. 
Show up, devil. I'm a child of God. I'm blood-bought, spirit-filled, full of the word. Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. But to walk in this, to really grow and carrying the things of God, you've got to be a person of honor. God will never give you a word to utter and prophesy if he can't trust your mouth to speak the truth. Because it's already tainted. How many people have ever asked the Lord to use you in something and then God gave you something to do that was uncomfortable? Come on, raise your hand. I asked the Lord, I want a word of knowledge because it looked cool. And really what I thought I was saying was I wanted to be the person that like speaks in the person then prophesies, thus saith the Lord, you're coming out of your dry season. And why is it that prophets are always prophesying us out of dry seasons? Ever wonder that? You're coming out of the wilderness, out of your desert, out of your, but bro, I'm, I'm like living in the promised land. We always perceive the bad. Why is that? Why isn't anybody living in the fullness? Because we spent 40 years arguing over things in the wilderness. That's why. Be a person of honor. Honoring God breaks things open. But I told the Lord, I want to I speak in, I want to I give a word of knowledge. I go to a big church. Thousands of people are there. Sit down. Man of God starts speaking. He flowed in supernatural word of knowledge. It was terrifying, actually, how accurate he was. And um, I get done with the service and I look over and the Lord says, go and tell that young lady there's a relationship she's in that is not of me that will lead her down a path I don't desire her life to be on. And I'm calling her back to a place of purity. And the guy that probably the message was about was hanging on her shoulder. And I was like, God, when I said, like a a word of knowledge, I didn't mean that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about, like, money cometh. (laughs) Something that everybody would be like, you're a man of God, son. Like, where I would be approved of man. That's what it came to. I wanted to be celebrated by people rather than honoring God. And the Holy Spirit rebuked me. He said, well, then don't ask for any other gift if you won't do the smallest. And I got up stiff as a board, terrified, went up to this girl. The Lord says that you're in a relationship that is not of him. You're looking at the dude like, Am I, this is where you don't close your eyes as you pray. Because a fist may come your way. That's why the Bible says watch and pray. It doesn't say close your eyes. And you better watch sometimes. Father, I thank you right now that... You know you're on a mission when you're coming with a martial, mixed martial arts stance to give the word. A moving target's harder to catch. I said it, and she, she actually, she looked at me very seriously and said, thank you. And I was like wanting more. You know, I was like, that's it. Like, you don't know what I went through to give this word. And that dude glared at me. And I was like, I just took off. And actually was hoping not to run into him in the parking lot because he was slightly bigger than me. And I was, I was re- just re- freshly saved, so I thought that you couldn't fight back too, you know. But now I realize you can fight back. Amen. Let me free you up in that. If the Lord would give you a word so strong they come swinging, fists do fly both ways, even in the kingdom. As we say, we're from the south side of the kingdom. Five-fold ministry is a real thing. Sometimes you got to turn the other cheek just to dodge the pit, you know. Oh! All right, anyways, moving on. People are like, I'm not certain what to make of this message. Honor people or beat them up? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Honoring God equips and empowers the church with supernatural power to bind and loose things in earth and in heaven. That's why a lot of people can pray and they don't really get results because they're not living a life that honors the word, so they've not tapped into the authority that is available. When you're going through hell, Don't you know people that you trust, that you reach out to? 
And you're like, that's the person I want to pray for me. How many people know? You're like, you have people, you've marked them. Like, I'm reaching out to that person. They hear God, their life shows forth the glory of God. And when you need a miracle, you don't just go knock on the door of some random person. You already know a person whose life is honoring the Lord. And that's why you go to them. Why? Because biblically, they do walk in authority because they are honoring God with their lives. Honor is the bridgeway to binding and loosing and carrying authority over the enemy. That when you're walking and honoring God, the enemy does not have power over you. When you're playing in sin, when you're involved in dark things, when you're doing everything the devil wants you to do, and then you try and bind him, you can't bind him because you're living that life. But when you've sanctified yourself and you've separated from the world and you're living with your eyes on Christ, and when you stumble, you repent like David and you cry out, God, forgive me. I don't want this in my life. I want a life that's honoring you. That's the key. To walking in supernatural things. If you want to shift in atmosphere, as people talk about, you don't shift in atmosphere until you've let God shift you on the inside. Are you with me sometimes? It's all private. Everything you're ever going to do publicly has to do with what you're doing privately. Honor is being the same with God, whether you're in a crowd of people or in a closet with the Lord. Whether you're in a crowd of people with you or against you, honoring God says, I'm the same. I will lift him up and magnify his name. You can laugh at me over here. You can cheer with me over here. But my eyes are on Christ Jesus, and I choose his way above the world's way. Now, are you living a life of honor? Four things I want to talk about when living a life of honor. Is this okay? Everybody all right? Nobody's starving to death? If so, pray that the Lord would sustain you with meat you know not of. <laughs> the Bible says to honor leadership in 1 Timothy 5.17. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. The Bible says that we're to honor men and women of God. Amen. This generation has lost honor. I'm telling you we have. We want things given to us now. We don't want to pay a price for stuff. We see what our grandparents have and say we should have the same thing right now. But you have not lived like they have lived. You have not paid the price. Stop thinking or esteeming yourself of greater value than those around you. Honor is lifting someone up and recognizing that they got where they got by being disciplined. And then the Lord was pleased with them. Look at men and women of God that have paid a price and you Many people don't know the price it takes to stand in ministry. You don't know the hours they cry out. You don't know the attack mentally that comes upon them, emotionally that comes upon them. When I see a person that has served God in ministry for 60 years, I'm like, I will honor that person. That person has paid a price very few people on this earth will ever pay. He has prayed countless hours for other people. He has given personally hours of his life so that another person would get a breakthrough. Sometimes to the detriment of his own personal health, he has poured out to make a way for another person. When you see a man or a woman of God that is willing to stand in the gap and fight the good fight of faith for a people to break through, the Bible says they are worthy of double honor. That doesn't mean that you just lift them up greater than everybody else. It means you, that you recognize that God is using them. And this scripture actually speaks about finances is what they're saying. That you would be a blessing. Why? Because when Paul finally had a church that partnered with him. When the Macedonian people said we will financially support Paul the apostle. And he didn't have to make tents anymore. He went into Ephesus. And in two years and three months he shook the city to the very foundation. A whole city that was not serving God were on fire for the Lord so much that it disrupted the economy. They, they were making little, de little demon gods out of silver. They burned them on the street. They burned the books on the street. It was an uproar because they honored a man. Was it about the man? <laughs> no, it was about the man that gave Paul the words to stand in that place. Are you with me right now? Come on, somebody. Are you living a life of honor? And that's the thing that I ask the Lord to help me with. Am I honoring men and women of God when I come around them? Am I a person that the Lord can trust? See, a lot of people want to give a word to a man or a woman of God. If they see you, they come and give you a word. Let me tell you something. 
If you want to reach a person at a level, then live a life that honors them. And then your words will not fall empty around them. But if you don't have a real relationship and you're not pouring out, why do you think that you have the access to come and give some word that you sucked out of the tailpipe of heaven? Are you, is this okay? Are you with me? It's like an immaturity in the body of Christ where we all go around and everybody's got a word for everybody. And there's no recognition of the fact that there are things in place that God is a God of order. And I want to esteem God's people. There are generals on the earth today. Men and women of God that have been faithfully serving God for 40, 50 years. That carry something supernatural. Let me put it to you this way. I was in a, in a crowd of people. Two and a half thousand people. I closed my eyes. I'm worshiping the Lord. And suddenly I felt after many, many, many minutes. Maybe an hour, hour and a half. I felt the atmosphere become charged. And in my spirit I knew. The minister of God just walked on the platform and I opened my eyes and Dr. Rodney Howard Brown had just stepped onto the platform. You think that you carry that by accident? You think that you fake God into having that? No, bro. You can trust that person has paid a price to carry something like that. And so you honor that because you recognize this is a person that God is using. And if God can trust them, I can trust them. The Bible says to speak and honor people of God. Honor the leadership around you. Learning to honor God is key to walking in high places. If you can't honor leadership, you'll never carry it. Speaking of this centurion that I spoke about today, when he stood before Jesus, he said, my servant is sick. Jesus said, I'll come with you. Jesus said, and the centurion said, there's no reason for a person of your power and your authority to come with me because I understand authority. And if you even speak the words here, my servant will be healed. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says Jesus marveled and said, I have never seen such great faith in all of Israel. It wasn't that he prayed in tongues. It wasn't that he fasted. It wasn't this. It was that he recognized Christ's authority with no biblical example. Now, 2,000 years later, we can confidently say there's no distance in the realm of the spirit because we have proof. This man just understood the proof is he is a general. He has power. And if he utters it, the unseen things yield to this man. He honored Christ Jesus. Think about the woman that came for a miracle for their child and Jesus called her a dog. That goes over well in church. Imagine you come forward for prayer and the pastor says, you dog. Oh, I feel great. Thank you for that. But the woman did not let the offense be her focus. She ignored an insult to herself and spoke to the leadership of Christ when she said, even a dog eats from the master's table. Looking at Christ, you can call me what you want because you're the master. And Jesus was like, okay. Your daughter's well, because that is great faith. Are you with me? Is that good? Man, the Lord is so precious. We get in our mind. It's about pleasing men. It's not even about pleasing men of God. It's about pleasing the Lord. Hear me on this. If you honor a man of God and they never do anything for you, it doesn't stop what God does for you. It's never been about the man or the woman. It's been about the man or the woman that they represent or the man or the woman representing the God that you serve. I hope that made sense. I think you know what I meant. If you honor the things of God, humility recognizes that Christ is the one that carries the supernatural power. Disregard yourself and live a life of honor, and God will honor you. Second thing about honor, the Bible distinctly says, honor your father, father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live a long life on this earth. How do you know you're going to live a long life? Honor your parents. What does the world want to teach you to do? Every Disney show out there teaches you to disrespect your parents. They're idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Trash them, run them down whatever. But God has called you to honor your parents. And that doesn't stop when you turn 18, people. I moved out. I ain't got to honor them jokers anymore. Honor your parents. Why? Because you wouldn't exist without them. Hello. As great as you are, you wouldn't be here if they didn't have Sparks Fly in Tijuana in 1983. (laughs) 
Honor them. Why do you honor them? You take care of them. You support them when you need to. You pray for them. You do work for them. You do whatever you can. You honor them. You honor who they are. You give respect and esteem to them. You listen to their opinion. doesn't mean that you have to do everything your parents tell you to do because you are an individual. Honoring someone is not giving up your free will to where you don't do or have free will. Honoring is recognizing authority people carry, listening to their words, and still choosing you walk forward with a purity to God to, to walk your own life. It's not mindlessly following someone into something you don't understand, but honor your parents. Do you honor your parents? Do you cuss them out? They don't understand me. No one understands. You don't understand you. That's the problem. You're confused about your own self. One day you want to be a dentist. The next day you want to lead worship. The next day you want to be a dragon slayer. The next day you want to be a politician. Bro, like make up your mind. Ding, 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 ding. My parents don't get me. They were once kids too. Are you with me? Honor your parents. Give esteem to them. Recognize that your life exists because of them. But finally, the Bible says, honor each other. It says in Romans 12, 10, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and an honor preferring one another, which means to honor people around you. At a great, never expect people to give everything to you and you not to do anything for another person. Basically what the Bible says is true faith or true, true things that move God is not to sit there and say, I hope that my brothers and sisters come and give me a new car or they give me a new watch or they give me this or they recognize my authority or my, my ministry. We've had people come through fast track that came to this church for two weeks come to fast track and tell us that they're supposed to be the one preaching on Sunday morning. And if we don't recognize the call of God, that they're a prophet, then we're an error and we're cursed. We don't have a relationship. I don't know you. God definitely didn't tell us the entire leadership team that you were coming and that we must yield way to you. You've been through 18 churches. You're ungrounded. You're not a person of honor. You honor yourself above you honoring the things of God. And so it's all in your head. You need to pop that balloon. Yourself down in a chair. And, and let God wash some things out. Because you probably do have a call. You probably do have a call. But you're not going to get to the call until you let pride be taken out of your life. Catherine Coleman, a woman of great faith, said, I died a thousand deaths. What does that mean? She said, I walked through so many painful experiences of humiliation and dying to myself and ridicule from people to stand where I am now so that I am not moved by their opinions, but I'm moved by the Spirit of God. I have healed it to people around me. Used to, when I was young, saved, I'd hear the Lord say, this, this, this in the Spirit, in, in, in my spirit, and I would think, they're not doing it in the service. I got to get a microphone. I know what God wants to do. But thank the Lord I had enough common sense to not disrupt a service. And I watched enough times to see that God would speak something to me. 20 minutes later, they would move exactly into that. And don't let that give you a puffed up head. Let that be like, I realize I'm hearing God. I'm perceiving the things of the Spirit. Before they happen, God is trusting me enough to show me what he's about to do. Oh my God. And then you realize God's not just speaking to a person in a pulpit. He's speaking to you where you're at. And you can hear it from heaven. And you can get instructions. And you can go. And you can glorify God. And it shows you in moments like that. The beauty of God's being a God, not of confusion, but of divine order. Because he shows you what's about to happen. And then you can trust this is a place honoring God. Because they're moving towards it. Amen? You say, what if, I, what if I've been in a church for 27 years and they've never let anybody speak in tongues? And they've never, never, nobody's ever fallen out. Leave. Go somewhere that's alive. You know, I don't go to a graveyard to talk to people. They're dead. It's a tombstone. You could talk to your wall. Of, hey, hey, buddy, man, such a love you, dad. You're awesome. They're not there. Yes, Don't go to a dead thing. The Bible says he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Yes. 
Amen. But I feel like I am really start the car, babe. Some days I feel like I'm everybody's best friend. Other days I'm like, I don't know if they're happy right now. Are you okay? Wave your hand at me if you still love me. All right, good. Okay, I'm in good. I love you with brotherly love. That's why I tell you the truth. Prefer one another. Honor each other. Honor is given through what we say to someone, what we do to someone, and what we say about someone or what we're willing to do for that particular person. Honor, therefore, is action, not passive. Say, I honor a person, but you do nothing that's not honor. Honor has action behind it. And I thank you. I, I thank the people that serve this church. Many of you came here. There were people here sweating. We were baptized before service began in sweat. <laughs> Setting up chairs. It's awesome. And it's such a privilege to see so many people willing to serve. That's, that's honoring the things of God. That's honoring each other. When you're willing to show up early and stay late, just so someone else can encounter God. You think God doesn't take note of that? Right. You say, nobody recognizes me. I recognize you. But beyond that, he recognizes you. It's like Catherine Kuhlman I just spoke about had a Bible college. She used to rip up tiny pieces of paper, stick it on the ground and hide in the closet. And watch to see what student would stop to pick up paper. Because she said, if a person is willing to stop and pick up tiny pieces of paper... They're a person that so honors God, you can trust them to be by your side. Because no one's watching. And there's no title given. It's not like you have an official title. I'm the official paper picker-upper of the church. Actually, the lead, the lead. I'm the head paper. Head paper, pi 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 yeah, you know, that's worse than Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Paper picker-upper. Honor each other. Honor the things of God. And I'm closing now. We'll be only about three, four, four more hours tops. <laughs> Fourth, and this is something that I think you really should hear, especially right now, especially what I've seen going on on social media of constant attack of men and women of God and everything going on in this nation. Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 18, says, They called the apostles back in, and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Now, this is the government authorities. Just understand. And Peter and John replied, Do you think that God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. So the council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them. Without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign. And the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. And skip down to verse 29. After being threatened. After being ordered. To not speak about Jesus. And what you will see in this nation right now. There are so many mixed opinions. But understand there are still states. That are trying to shut the church down. Thank God that we live in Florida. For more than just that, because it's, I mean, it's, it's Florida. <laughs> the Lord loves us maybe more than other people. But don't let it get to your head. Love them. Love the, love the brothers and sisters still in Minnesota and be like, he loves you too. But I live in Florida. It's blue skies. What do you, what is it? It's gray and dead. And yeah, I understand. I live in Florida. And all the things going on, verse 29 says, And now, Lord, hear their threats. There have been threats against the church. There are churches being fined. There are churches that have faced all sorts of persecution, not just from the government, but actually from believers. Believers that have attacked them because that's not how they would handle it. Let me tell you, you ever step into a place of authority, and you'll realize anybody that's even owned a business you realize many times there are choices set before you. They are not easy choices. And you make the best choice that you can make. 
based upon what you understand at that time. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but you have to commit to something and make a decision. People have committed to something and made a decision. Your job as a believer is not to condemn the body of Christ. Your job is to lift them up in prayer. Pray the hand of the Lord be upon them. Keep them safe. People look at churches open without masks and actually say, I hope that COVID breaks out and you all die. Never be a person that lends yourself to words like that. Even if what we do is ignorant or foolish, which I do not believe that it is. But even if we did, I don't be the person that lends your voice to something so arrogant as to speak that you hope God would eradicate people with pure hearts worshiping him to teach them a lesson. Something's wrong there. Are we honoring God or are we honoring man? Don't lift up little Fauci above Christ Jesus. At the end of the day, you really do have to make a decision. Who am I living to please? Am I living? Because there will be, and it is, we're in a time now where you're making decisions that people do not agree with just because you want to worship him. And we're going to take communion. We can go ahead and start passing communion now. You got to choose. I'm going to honor God. It says in 29, behold their threatenings or hear their threatenings. People are threatening the body right now. It says, give us your servants. This is what they prayed. Amidst the threats, amidst the doom, amidst the uncertainty, they said, give us boldness is what they asked. Give us great boldness to preach your word and stretch out your hand with healing power. And may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. We should honor God, not man. When you honor God, his word, his will, his presence, you get to a place where you're not striving for a move of God. You're not striving for a breakthrough. That it just comes in. And you sit there in all of the beauty of just God being God. You realize, I choose him over any security this world could ever give me. Come on. Your security is not your bank account. The dollar could collapse tomorrow. You could wake up and, I mean, just be, just so you know. Security is not the blanket that we rest upon. The blanket we rest upon is the presence of the Lord. That in dark times, He's still there. In places of war, He protects. In places of peace, He pours out His presence. That he is faithful every day, all the time. And you must choose, I will live a life that honors God over man. Over threatenings. And what I understand of the word of God is he is well pleased when his people gather together. Because he said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so much more when you see that day approaching. And he did not add a caption, unless things look hairy or dark or the government tells you to take a break he said do this honor me and people don't seem to understand this you read the bible paul was arrested peter was arrested stephen was stoned to death why because they did what they didn't want them to do which was point people to jesus now i'm not saying that to give you a green light for rebellion I'm saying that so that you understand honoring God is the pure thing to do in your life. You don't do it because you're arrogant and you want to take a stand. And you're hoping a war breaks out in America. I don't hope for that. I hope for a move of God to shake this land. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve them whether we've we're got a green light to. You think about the church in China. It's the church in China that had, had been hiding to meet and people are having to pray and get the word of the Lord to find where to go to church were those people in error or was God well pleased you with me right now so today we're going to take communion we take it the first Sunday of every month why do we do this because God told us to do this so we're honoring his word 
But as we do this, the Bible says, when you take communion, stop and check your heart and make sure you are not harboring unforgiveness towards someone. If you're sitting here right now and there is a name that can be spoken that actually makes your heart flutter with anger, your temperature boil, you have unforgiveness. And God does not want you to live like that. And you can say, but you don't know what they've done to me. God would not command you to forgive people unless he gave you the power to forgive anything. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives. Thank you.